Come Holy Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. You are so cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> Well-behaved Episcopalians. Stop that. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, Elmer, right? Lead the charge, my friend. Lead the charge. Oh, what great reading for today. Did you hear about that self-righteous Pharisee? Did you get that? I have fought the good fight. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. I get a crown of glory reserved for the righteous. You thought I was talking about the other Pharisee, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, what do you make of Paul? Why is not Paul lifted up as the one who somehow is braggadocious and unrighteous? No, Paul can get away with it because we love Paul. Okay? We love Paul. Okay? If it's words from Paul, it must be good and holy. And that's true. That's true. But then we've got this other story that Jesus tells us about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And Luke has been priming us to not like the Pharisee, hasn't he? And he's been priming us by telling stories about how Jesus has these meals with prostitutes and, and Episcopalians and tax collectors. So you know Jesus loves the tax collector, right? You know this is going to go. You know this is going to go. But we remember who Luke was, right? Luke was not a Jew. Okay? And perhaps there's something that Luke is not seeing in this, because Luke prefaces the story about what the story is supposed to be about, right? He tells us the meaning of the parable as he sees it. Then he adds something on at the end, right, about one of them going to his home righteous, not the other. Okay? And we read that and we go, see, this is all about what that Pharisee did that was wrong. And how that humble tax collector is the one that we are supposed to, to follow. The church has used this against Jews. The church has used this to argue that Judaism is a false religion of works righteousness. And a lot of people have taken that as an excuse for not trying to do any righteous works. For fear that somehow in doing righteous works, they're falling into works righteousness. I think that's a risk we need to take. A risk we should take. Um, some, probably a month or so ago, um, myself and a couple other men of the parish went on retreat to a wonderful Cistercian, that's an order in the Catholic Church, Cistercian, they're quite strict in their life and their order, to a Cistercian monastery for a series of talks on the spirituality of imperfection. And oh, it was great. It was great in part because as I heard these monks, these brothers and priests talk about who we're supposed to be and who God is, you know, there's only one who is perfect, and that is God. Jesus is perfect, and they gave Mary a pass. They always said, and, and probably Mary too, and maybe Joseph. And maybe, okay? But not us. And for us to think that God requires of us and for us to require ourselves perfection means that we're trying to replace God. We are not perfect beings. We should strive for excellence, but not perfection. Not perfection. 
And one of the examples they used of this, one of the, one of the ways of thinking about this, helping us enter into that, that they, that they talked about, was, you know, in Matthew's gospel, right, at the judgment, Jesus comes and will gather all the people around, and he divides us into two groups. Remember what the groups are? Sheep and goats. The sheep and the goats, okay? The sheep and the goats, the ones that are doing good things, not even knowing who they're doing good things for. Oh, works righteousness, right? It's not a problem. <coughs> it's not a problem. But the ones that were doing all the good things, he goes, come my beloved, inherit the kingdom. Because when you were feeding the poor, you were feeding me, when you were giving home to the homeless, you were giving a home to me, you're doing all, all, all for me, right? That's good stuff. That makes you a sheep. And then they're all the goats. <coughs> when did we see you? Well, it's when you didn't do it for the people who are in need. You didn't do it for me. You're, you're guys. And we've got this kind of thing in the church about, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the sheep and the goats. It's in, in, in terms of St. Augustine, Right? Great theologian of the Western church. He said, if you look at the Pharisee and the tax collector, the Pharisee, that's Judaism. Those are goats. And the tax collector, that's, that's the people that, that, that aren't into works righteousness. They're simply into asking for, begging for God's mercy. Those are Christians. <coughs> Grace versus law. And, and this thing about sheep and goats divides us as well. That there are some who are like the Pharisee, the unrighteous Pharisee, who's a goat. And this tax collector who is, who is one of God's sheep, going home righteous. And if you fall into that, if you think that this is what that parable is telling you, you've made a mistake. You've made a mistake. So what they told us at this, at this monastery retreat is, you know, the reality is, we're all good goats. <laughs> we're all good goats. Isn't that great? We're all imperfect. We all have some goatiness in us. We all go around biting our heads into people and taking things, and we're, we're all like that. And it's our human, it's our nature, it's our fallenness. We are all goats. But we're also all good goats. Okay? And there was a, a wonderful book I found, because they had a wonderful bookstore there. Um, and this is a great one for me because it's short and it's got nice pictures. <laughs> Yeah, smiley face, right? I can read one of these. It only take me about a month to get through this book. Okay? <laughs> only a month. That's good. So this says three to five years. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about healing our image of God. Healing our image of God. God who does not judge us like that, separate us into sheep and goats. God who is like the God described in Joel. The God who promises to come back for the early and the late rain so that the crops will be abundant and all of God's people will be blessed. Remember, Jesus tells us, right, that God causes the sun to shine on the good and the bad and blesses those who are good and bad. I go, well, thanks be to God. Because oftentimes when I think about myself, I keep finding myself wherever on the goat ledger. Not always there, not just there. I mean, well, thanks be to God that God has mercy. Because I'm both. I'm both. And recognizing the bothness of everyone, the bothness of everyone, that we are not perfect beings, we are imperfect, we might be striving for, for perfection, but, but, but God recognizes our our shortcomings, but loves us nonetheless. 
and will not do anything else but love us no matter who we are. So when I look at that thing about Jesus talking about, you know, these two people coming, coming to the temple, and the text telling us one goes away righteous and the other one not. Going, well, that doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't sound right to me. Because I know God loves them both. I know God loves them both. I know they're both goat and sheep. I know I am. I think all of us are. And God loves us anyway. Because that's what God does. And so this story that he tells kind of sets us up because of what we've been told about the Pharisees. <coughs> And the tax collectors kind of sets us up to think that, well, God's going to take a side here and choose one over the other. And I don't think that happens at all. Even though the text does read that way. But I think it's a trap. <laughs> if we start thinking that there's one who's better than the other, we're no better than any of them. We're making a judgment that doesn't need to be made. The Pharisee. I think he's a pretty good person. I thank God that I'm not a murderer, a thief, or a rogue. Anybody disagree with that? Anybody think, well, maybe you shouldn't be? <laughs> no! And I look at that guy and go, yeah, I thank God too that you're not a murderer, a thief, or a rogue. Well, good for you. Good for you. Hope it stays that way. Hope you stay on the sheep side of the ledger. And not be a goat. I'm glad I'm not like this tax collector. Well, if you understand tax collectors were abetting in the oppression of God's people, yeah, you wouldn't want to be those either, would you? Is he wrong in saying that? Is he really wrong in saying that? But he's a Pharisee. But he's a Pharisee. Is that what gets in the way? What if I said his name was Fred instead? Fred said, Fred the milkman, <laughs> would it change things? Is it our own negative, is it our own bias, its own prejudice against Pharisees that make us think that by the fact he's a Pharisee, he must be wrong? Pharisees weren't always opposed to Jesus, and they were not bad people. When Herod sought to arrest and kill Jesus, the Pharisees are the ones that came and told them. They warned him, you better get out of here. He just arrested and killed John. You need to leave. Pretty helpful, pretty helpful word there. They're not always opposed. But yet the scriptures have set up this, this kind of contrast between Pharisee Jesus, between Jews and Christians, right? That, that leads us to kind of approach these things with, with, with biases. <clears throat> I'm glad I'm not like those people that do those things. Well, good. 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 And then he also goes on to say, you know, I, I fast twice a week. Well, that's pretty good. I wonder if he's on the keto diet. <laughs> I fast twice a week. I work out every morning. I'm drinking milk. <laughs> Yeah, fast twice a week. You know, that's impressive, isn't it? It's not called for. Okay, not twice a week. That is extra fasting. Extra fasting. Extra goodness in that. Where's the goodness go? Where's it go? 
He says, I tithe from all my possessions, from everything. That's not required either. It's not required that you tithe from everything. But from everything he receives, even of those things that he's supposed to tithe from, he gives from that, but he also gives from everything else. That's pretty good, isn't it? Ask your church treasurer. <laughs> Ask your finance committee or vestry if that's a good thing that people give more than they're required to give. That's a good thing. Okay, that's a good thing. Because that extra fasting and that extra tithing, that's, that's meant for the good of the whole. It's a sign that this person has a concern for the community that they do this. You know, we, we say that Jesus died and because of his death, we are counted righteous. Right? That's one way of understanding what Jesus did for us, the atonement. He dies because of the holiness of his sacrifice of himself. There's all this merit of his sacrifice. And so we're standing there as sheep and goats and you're ashamed about what you did, God reads the charges and goes, okay, you get a pass. You go, have that work. Well, it's because of what Jesus did. It's his merit. Okay, It's his righteousness that's given to us in that moment of judgment. That's why we're all cheap. Even when we act like goats. Because what Jesus did, right? This is, this is kind of basic kind of Christianity 101, I hope. Right? This is how it works. It's because the work that Jesus did and his giving of himself was not just for himself, it was for everyone. As Christians, we understand that, right? Well, the same thing with this Pharisee. When he fasts extra, he's doing it not just for his own well-being, he's doing it for all of God's people. He's doing it for those who can't fast. And when he gives more than he has to, he's doing it to bless those who don't have anything to give. See, he's not just this braggadocious person. He's actually a holy person, seeking to be a good person. And he's doing something to bless the whole. Jesus calls us to love everyone. But are we biased? Do we truly hear this as, this is a good person, a good Pharisee? The story tells us this person's not a good person. But why does the story tell us that when God says love everyone? And then the tax collector, the one that's supposed to be the hero in the story? Really? He came there asking for mercy for himself. And yeah, that's a good thing. But ask for mercy for everyone. Ask for God to be merciful to all. And how many of you really believe that after this tax collector went to the temple and pleaded, right, chest-pounding thing, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, that somehow he went home, a saint? You really believe that? What do you think he went back to do the next day? He went right back to the toll booth. It's what tax collectors do. Right? We talk about how zebras can't change their stripes just because the guy went and confessed his sinfulness doesn't mean that poof, you know, now he walks on water. He's still a goat. He's still a goat. 
And the thing that I find most troubling about this story is the way the church has chosen to translate the Greek text. There's, there's a word in there that in ours is translated rather than, where it says this one went down to his home, righteous rather than the other, separating them, dividing them. There you got your sheep and goats again, just the way we want it, the good and the bad, the black hats and the white hats. The Greek word is para. Para. When Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he was para, by, alongside the Sea of Galilee. Not rather than the Sea of Galilee, but, but by it, alongside it. When Jesus is going to lead his disciples, he tells them, I'm not going to leave you orphans, I'm going to send somebody to be with you. Right? Remember what that was? The Holy Spirit, which in the Greek is paraclete. Paraclete. The one that comes alongside us. Para can be translated as going alongside, not rather than. So think about that. This one went to his home, justified, alongside the other one. Alongside. Not rather than, but alongside. And I think about what that means for us as people of God. That we should never be divided people if we're people who are seeking to love. To love what God loves. To love our neighbor and to love God. To always do that and only seek to do that. To leave from this place as good goats. As flawed people. As people who are still tax collectors and sinners and Pharisees but not thinking that we're better than each other. Because we don't need to be better than each other. God does not require that of us. But we all have our place of being part of that body of Christ. All of us have that place. For some of us, it's a place of asking for God's mercy for us and for each other. God be merciful to all of us this day because we are all sinners. And that is our role to play. For others, it's the role of being like the Pharisee who's been gifted, who's been gifted with wealth to give more than what perhaps is your share, to make up for some other person whose spirituality doesn't allow them to make that kind of sacrifice. We are all good. May God give us good and loving hearts to love the things that God loves, to love each other as God loves all of us. Amen.